So this morning we're starting this new series, um, Real Life Faith. And, and, and during this three-week series, uh, the, the hope is that we'll begin to pursue authentic Christianity. Because I think, unfortunately, for a lot of us, is, is we, we kind of play Christian. We're, we're not authentic in, in our walk with Christ. And, and I honestly believe that if each one of us, if we actually were authentic, if we actually lived out our faith and lived out what we're called to do, we would not only change our homes and our families, but we could actually change the world. I honestly believe as Christians, this world needs Jesus, and if we were authentic in what we did, we could literally change this world. But we need to be real in all that we do. And, you know, I, I was reading through the scripture for the last couple of weeks, and, and it really hit me that what, what you're going to see in scripture today, I'm guilty of. I've done it myself. And the sad part is I realize I've done it in the past, and the worst part is I'll probably do it again in the future because I know me. And, and, and I, I can't say that I'm probably the only one who did it because I guarantee as we go through this, you're probably going to be like, oh, man, I've done that. Man, I did that yesterday. I'm probably going to do it again tomorrow. I'll start it this way. I remember back when I did youth ministry, you know, during, during summer, we do a middle school camp, and then the following week, we do a high school camp. And, and it was during this high school camp that, that, you know, I had this group of young men that, that were, I was leading through, through the week, and, and I really got to looking at them. I said, man, they're all different. They got different backgrounds, different characteristics. You know, I had some guys who were jocks. I had some guys who had zero athletic ability. I had some guys who were really, really smart, and then I had like the normal kids, you know, and, and we all can kind of relate to different areas, and I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to get these kids to gel? How am I going to get them to actually click together? And I said, well, the one thing I'm going to do is they're going to hear God's word, and, and we're going to have fun, and we may not win all the competitions, but hey, we're going to have fun with it. Well, it was interesting because two of the kids in my group were total opposites. And, and I was amazed because they just seemed to gel together. I mean, every place you looked at camp, they were by each other's side. It was like totally amazing. I'm like, you know, they're told totally two different lifestyles, two different backgrounds. You would think if you saw them, there's no way that they would be friends. And they were inseparable during camp. Then after camp got over on Wednesday night, youth night, man, they were always right there together. And I was so amazed. I was like, I can't believe God brought these two together, and I can't wait to see what happens in the future as they continue to, to build their relationship not only with each other but with Jesus. I was like, man, this is going to be a powerhouse team. Then school started. And, you know, remember, they're high school kids, so school started, and and all of a sudden, you know, after school starts, I noticed on Wednesday night they're not side by side anymore. And then I noticed they're really not even talking. And I was like, man, what's going on? So I, I called them both over. And I said, yo, what, what's up? Y'all were inseparable during camp. All summer long, Wednesday nights, you guys were with each other laughing and joking. Yo, what's going on? Well, it turns out the first week of school, 
One of the kids was a football player. The other kid didn't play any type of sports, nothing at all. And he ran into him in the lunchroom. And, and as he went up to him, yo, man, what's going on? And he went to sit down at the table. The football player was there with all of his friends. And he ignored him and allowed his friends to not only pick on him, but get him to go away. And, and, and what I found interesting is I got thinking to myself, I think I've done the same thing. I think I did the same thing back when I was in school, and I, I really think I've done the same thing as an adult, it is, is I've hung out with people, and they were like, yeah, well, hey, we're good, and we're, everything's all right, but in certain, certain circumstances, don't come around me. I, I, I'm good with you over here, but don't come over here. And I think we all do the same thing. We kind of carp, uh, we kind of put friendships in, into our little boxes. Hey, okay, these are going to be all my Christian friends, and these are my non-Christian friends, and these are the people that I don't want any of them to meet anyways. You know, and we kind of put everyone in these little boxes on, on what we're going to do and how we're going to live this life. And, and I got to thinking, man, I've failed. I've actually done this same thing, and, and I've been so caught up, and, and i got to ask, any of y'all ever been in that situation? Any of y'all ever do that? No. Not none of y'all, right? No, you're the perfect Christians. You live the perfect life. You love everyone. You treat everyone the same, right? Okay. Whew. I thought it was just me. As we go through this, I think what we want to really look at today and, and understand that I think every one of us has people that are in our life that we enjoy hanging out with, and, and maybe during the week, but the last thing you want to do is see them in church on Sunday, or vice versa. You got people that you hang out with in church, before church, after church, but during the week, you don't want to see them. You, you get kind of get caught up, man, if the people in church saw the life that I live. Well, man, if them people in the real world saw me on a Sunday morning, they wouldn't believe me. They, they'd be like, no way in the world, that's you. And, and I think, unfortunately, one of the things that we as Christians do is we, we forget that we are called to please God. We forget that we're called to please God, not please other people. But unfortunately, I think so many of us get caught up with this fear and, and we want to um, worry and we worry about other people's opinions and what they're going to think about us, what they're going to say about us. And, and, and we're trying to fit in because, you know, oh, they're my co-workers. Oh, they're my family. Oh, they're my friends. So, so I need to try and please them and keep them happy. And we forget that our job is to please God. Our job is to please God and do what he calls us to do, not to please the people around us. And I think we need to realize that real faith seeks to honor people in a way that honors God, rather than satisfying the desires of others. Because I think sometimes we get caught up in that satisfying the desires of others instead of living that life of pleasing God. So what we're going to do today is we're actually going to look in the Bible on someone who everyone knows who he is. He was an 
He's an apostle of Jesus. He hung out with Jesus. Uh, he, he did so many different things, but he gets caught up in the same thing that we do. He starts looking at pleasing other people instead of doing what God even told him was okay to do. So if you got your Bible, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. And as always, it will be up on the screen. So let's dig in. Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. But when Cephas, who is Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was left led astray by their hypocrisy. But then when I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, I told Cephas in front of everyone, if you who are a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? So just to give you a little bit, the, the church at Antioch was different than the church in Jerusalem. So, so the church in Antioch would have had uh, Jewish believers and all these Gentile believers in it, and, and they would have been fellowshipping together. They would have been worshiping together. They would have been doing all of this together. And, and then they get this word that, hey, Peter's coming. Imagine the excitement in that church. Peter's coming to Antioch Church. It would be like saying, hey, Billy Graham, if he was still alive, was coming here to preach. It'd be pretty crazy, wouldn't it? You'd be telling everyone, hey, y'all need to come see. Billy Graham is coming. Well, this is like Peter going into Antioch. And, and remember, this is the Peter who was personally called by Jesus to follow him. This was the Peter who saw the miracles of Jesus. He spent three years with Jesus. He he was there when Lazarus was raised from the tomb. He was there on the resurrection Sunday, looking inside the tomb, seeing Jesus wasn't there. Met with Jesus afterwards. He walked on water. This is that Peter that they're excited, man. Peter's coming. Peter's coming. We're excited. We can't wait for him to get here. And think about Peter. Peter coming from Jerusalem where the church was still all Jewish believers. There wasn't any Gentiles, there were just Jewish believers. And here Peter comes to this church in Antioch, and he sees Jews and Gentiles worshiping together. He sees them singing songs together, them praising the Lord together. He sees them actually eating food and fellowship together. And you figure he had to be amazed because he didn't see this in Jerusalem. The Jerusalem church was mainly still all Jewish converts. And, and here I think about Peter preached the first gospel on the day of Pentecost and had 3,000 people accept Jesus and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and, and then were baptized on top of it, out there speaking boldly, and he gets caught up in a trap that each one of us get caught up in. It, it goes on in the scripture and it says that, some people from Jerusalem came from James. And, and what these were were probably 
Judaizers who were still stuck on some uh, Old Testament laws or rules and regulations, and they come and they see these uncircumcised Gentiles eating with Jews, and oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. Then they start looking at Peter and, and questioning Peter for why are you eating them or whatever went on. We don't know how they confronted it, but we know they messed up the party. Y'all know some people like that? That when they show up, they just mess up the party? All the good vibes go away, and you're like, oh. See, some of y'all know people like that that are in church. You know, that they're, they're stuck on tradition or they're stuck on whatever it may be instead of being open to what God does. You know, because some people would rather take tradition inside the church instead of what God, the movement of God inside a church. And, and you know, we, we get caught up, you're almost like a league, into this legalism kind of thing, and this is the way it's got to be done. Well, And I think that's what Peter ran into here, and we know that the, these uh, Jews, when they came into Antioch, they, they had to have really lost it. I can't believe y'all are eating pulled pork. Don't you know you can't have pulled pork? We're Jews. No, you're Christians. You're Jewish believers. You can't eat that stuff. What are you doing raising your hands in worship? Are you kidding? You're singing? You're almost dancing in church? You can't do that. We're Baptists. You know what dancing leads to? You see, we get all caught up in this other stuff. And what's funny, in your mind right now, you're probably thinking, man, I know someone just like that. And in some cases, it may be you. You may, oh, yeah, you better not be dancing in church. You, you know, you can raise your hands to here, but I want to see this. It's okay to put them out to your side. Maybe be a one-hander, but, you know, and, and singing out loud, no, you can't do that. you got a bad voice. I know I feel sorry for whoever's around me when I sing because I got a bad voice. But, but then you get these people that come in and all of a sudden they're, they're in church with you and all of a sudden you're, I can't sing, I can't raise my hands, I can't do any of this stuff because I'm going to be judged by, by the judgmental person who's a better Christian than me sitting next to me. Really? And this is what we see happens with Peter. We don't know what they did, we don't know how they confronted him, but we know they messed up the party. They, they messed up the fellowship that was going on between the Jews and the Gentile believers, totally forgetting that they're worshiping the same person. They're worshiping the risen Messiah. They're, they're worshiping Jesus for everything that he's done. And, and I'm sure that, you know, when Peter first went to Antioch, he was enjoying all the food. And maybe in Peter's mind, he was, he was worried, oh, no, they're going to write a letter to James. Or they're going to write a letter to the other apostles. And, and, and now the, the Jews in Jerusalem who, yeah, they say they're believers in Jesus, but we still go by the, by the, the law of the Old Testament. And, and <coughs> I don't know what's going to happen when I go back. Maybe they're going to flog me. Don't know what happened. All we know is Peter stopped fellowshipping. Peter stopped doing what he was called to do. And I think Peter forgot that back in Acts chapter 10 that, that God told him to go meet a man named Cornelius and, and he had this blanket of food coming down and God told him what I have made can't be unclean. And now at this point in time, 
Peter's totally forgetting that God said he doesn't make things unclean. Now, he's already had food with Cornelius. He's had regular food, you know, with the Gentiles for a while. And then all of a sudden, he gets stiff-necked. He gets all caught up in, oh, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? Now, what I think is interesting in Acts 15, 24, the apostle James actually denies that these people came from him. See, sometimes in life, you're going to get people that are going to come up to you and claim they're from somebody, and they're really not. All they're there is to stir up confusion. All they're there to do is to stir up and, and cause you to stop doing what you're doing. And when you're doing a movement of God and doing what God calls you to do, someone's going to try and stop it. And guess what? It may be a family member. It may be a friend. Someone's going to try and stop what you're doing. And, and instead of being like Peter, instead of being like we normally do in our life, we need to hold fast to what we have. Hold on to a real-life, authentic Christianity. Continue to do what God calls you to do. Don't get caught up. In, and we know Peter. Peter was the first one to do everything, including put his foot in his mouth. As bold as he was, as proud as he was, he actually bowed down to please somebody else instead of doing what God had told him to do. Instead of being authentic, he got worried about what are they going to think when I go back home. So I think some of us do this same thing. We, we get so caught up in our life. You know, we, we come to church on Sunday, and, and, and you know, it's, we have this perfect Christian life while we're here for an hour and 15 minutes. Might be a little longer today, but that's okay. Don't, don't, don't be doing this to me. <laughs> I'm not going to pay attention. <laughs> anyway, and don't be flashing a big red up there. <laughs> the, the reality is, you know, we, we get so caught up with what other people think. Even inside church, we get caught up, and instead of being who God called us to be, instead of doing what God calls us to do, we, we'll worry about what so-and-so might say or what so-and-so may think. And we not only do this inside of our church communities, we do it within our families, our friends, our co-workers. We, we all know that someone that we worry, what are they going to say or do? And unfortunately, what do we do when we get around them? Sometimes it's like we're walking on eggshells because we want to please them. And, and well, I, I can't talk about Jesus around them. Why not? Hey, if they don't like it, that's okay. Our job is to tell people about Jesus. Because ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. So our job is to tell people about Jesus, but we will literally not do what we're called to do because we're worried about pleasing somebody else. I would rather please God than please anybody else. I would rather be open and honest about my relationship with him and, and what he can do with their life instead of trying to shy back against it. And guess what? If I tell someone about my Jesus and they get all upset, hey, that's between them and God. Guess what? I did my part. And I'm going to keep loving on them. I'm going to keep praying for them. And guess what? I'm going to keep telling them about my Jesus. Sooner or later, they're either going to come to know my Jesus or they'll just avoid me totally. And if they avoid me totally, hey, I'm planting seeds. Guess what? Someone else is still going to tell them about my Jesus. They're still going to hear about it someplace. But, but I need to do what I'm called to do 
and not worry about pleasing somebody else. I, I need to do what God calls us to do, and, and I think we need to do the same thing. We need to ensure we don't get caught up like Peter got caught up and, and that we continue to do what he's called us to do. You know, when you come to church, worship. If someone looks at you crazy because you got both hands raised, keep on worshiping. If that's the way you feel, you worship. Hey, if you need to get on your knees, get on your knees. Whatever it is that God calls you to do, be open and honest and do what God calls you to do. We should never judge each other. But man, we're good at that, aren't we? Man, I can judge someone in a heartbeat. It's interesting even being, you know, as I'm up here preaching, I look around. There's some faces that I see that I kind of chuckle and I remember during the week. Uh, you know, you get the people who show no emotion whatsoever. You get some people who smile. You get people who laugh. But it's just interesting to see it and even better during worship. Or when part of the message really hits somebody in the head. Because the facial expression I get to see, y'all don't get to see. And when you kind of see that, oh, oh, wait, that hit somebody. Oh, well, hey, this is going to hit them. Let me come over here, and I'm really going to preach right there to that person now. Because the reality is we all go through it, and we'll try and please other people. And then all of a sudden, we'll get hit by God's word, and we'll get hit by something, and we'll realize that we're just like the hypocrites in the Bible. We get so caught up on instead of using this as a guide to live our life, we use this as a weapon against other people. I can truly tell you I have never had anyone get saved by beating them over the head with a large print King James Bible. Never. I mean, it might be fun for a little bit, but I've never had anyone get saved by beating them over the head. You know how I've had people get saved? Because they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and they see how I live my life. And they see that authentic Christianity and understand that I'm real. I'm going to be real with you no matter what. You might not like it, but I'm always going to be real. That's what we're called to be. I love the Apostle Paul in, in the book of 2 Corinthians. He said this. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What is your mission? Ambassador to Christ. Y'all know what an ambassador is, right? Think of a brand ambassador. What am I doing? As a brand ambassador, I'm promoting a brand. If you were an ambassador to the U.S., You'll be representing the U.S. government wherever you're at. Here's the reality. You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Are you representing Jesus Christ in everything that you do? It's a serious question. Because if that's what we're called to do, and if that's part of our mission, then why don't we do it? We're supposed to plead on his behalf, telling people, be reconciled to God. God reconciled us to him through Jesus Christ. We've been saved by grace. Our job is to tell other people to do the same thing. 
and instead we'll pick and choose. Well, I need to please this person. God, I know you want me to talk to them about you, but they ain't going to listen. They probably won't be my friends no more. They probably won't let me sit and eat with them. See, I think we all get caught up like Peter and the, the high school students. You know, we're good with people while we're in church. We may be good while we're fellowshipping together, doing things around the church. But don't come up to me in the lunchroom. Don't come up to me at work. I don't want to see you outside of the church functions. And then even the other way. You know, every one of us, I can guarantee, would love to see the church filled with people, right? We'd love to see the church filled, right? Wouldn't all of y'all like to know that every one of your family members have been saved by Jesus? That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? How about all your friends? How about all your coworkers? We'll all say, yeah, right? How would you like them all to be sitting next to you in church? <gasps> Pastor, I don't know if I want my coworkers sitting next to me in church. We may not want some family members sitting next to us in church. But here's the reality. We'll say we want the church full, right? And we want, oh, man, I'm praying for my cousin. Well, they better never show up at my church because they're going to see a different me, and I, I, I'm a, I can't be the me I am in church when I'm around them. Well, what about my coworkers? Now, someone's sitting there saying, Pastor, are you telling me I can't cuss and drink with my coworkers anymore? I'm not telling you that. But God's Word tells you that. If you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ, that means not just while you're in church. That means every part of your life. That means going out there and doing what God called you to do no matter where you're at. And that's hard. You know what it also means? It means being Jesus with skin on in your marriage. It means being Jesus with skin on in every relationship, everyone you come in contact with, you being who he called you to be. Not just using it as a weapon. I said it before. You're my wife, Patty. God says you need to respect me. That's what this word says right here. Now, of course, it also says that I need to love you the way that Christ loved the church. And, and I've said it before. For men, I'm going to tell you, men, loving your wife like Christ loved the church is a whole lot easier than respect your husband, at least from my point of view. But the reality of it is this. When I get to heaven, God is not going to ask me, Ken, did Patty respect you? He ain't going to ask me that. Guess what? He's going to ask her that, but he ain't going to ask me that. You know what he's going to ask me? Did you love your wife the way I love the church? We're all responsible for ourselves. We're responsible to do what God's word calls us to do. But we will be so quick to blame somebody else. Well, they didn't do that. Well, here's the reality. If you actually lived your life the way Jesus calls you to live your life, what would change? If you had that real-life faith, if you had authentic Christianity, some of y'all are going to leave here and go, man, pastor done lost it. I can't be like that with my friends. They're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I've lost it. I've been working with them for 20 years. I've been a Christian for 30 years, and they don't even know I'm a Christian. 
or they know I go to church, and if they cuss, they'll apologize, but then I cuss with them anyway, so what difference does it make? Well, you know, we all go drinking after, after work, or, or we all do this, or whatever it may be, and, and you know, they're my boys. They're, they're my coworkers. They're, they're the girls I hang with. You know, this is what we do. I'm not in church. It's okay, right? Are you pleasing God or are you pleasing other people? Be open and honest with yourself. Be open and honest on who you're pleasing in this world. Because a lot of us get so caught up in trying to either please ourselves or other people that we forget we're supposed to please God. We're supposed to be pleasing to Him, doing what He called us to do, being His ambassador, going and telling people to be reconciled with God. You ever talk to your coworkers about being reconciled with God? I talk to my coworker all the time, still working on him. See, inside jokes. <laughs> Those of you, I got, I got one coworker. Anyways. <laughs> The, the, the reality, even back before I was full-time ministry and I worked in a regular job, I worked in warehousing for over 20 years. Warehousing is like construction working. Every other word, you know what it is. No matter what happens, there, and there's going to be cussing, everyone wants to go out drinking, go partying, everything's the same. Everyone who ever worked with me knew I was a Christian. They knew I didn't go out partying. They knew I wasn't going to go out drinking. And they really knew I wasn't going to cuss. And what is interesting is as soon as I, oh, I'm sorry. It's okay, I'm praying for you. They look at me kind of crazy. So then I got to the point, instead of saying, hey, I'm praying for you, every time they would cuss, I'd start praying out loud for them. Besides them looking at me kind of weird, what was also was, all of a sudden they stopped cussing. And it became less and less around me. And I didn't really lose them as friends. A couple people, you know, they go, man, stay away from him. But what I found is other people started coming around more. To the point that we would actually do Bible studies in, inside the uh, warehousing. And we would start doing these different things. And people would start coming to church. Because I want to let you know, there was no one in my life that I would not want to see here in church. Everyone in my life, no matter how messed up or jacked up they are, I think they need to be in church. I think they need to be reconciled to God. And, and the difference is, I'm the same person outside that I am in here. So it doesn't affect me if someone comes in. Because they're going to see the same me. Will they see the same you if they come into church? Will they see the same person you are on your job, the same person in your family, if they came with you to church? Some of them might be shocked when you say, hey, can you come to church with me? And see, here's the reality. If I said, okay, here's the challenge. I want you to go out and invite your whole family to church. Some of y'all go, oh, all right, Pastor, I'm going I'm to invite them, but I'm going to be praying they don't come. I'm praying they don't come to church with me. I, I hope they meet Jesus, but not just not my church. But here's the reality. What if they actually came to church? What if they actually came and sat next to you? 
Besides, maybe you'd be a little uncomfortable, but what if while they're in here and and they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit touched them and they decide to get up out of the pew and accept Jesus that day? How would you feel? It'd be amazing, right? But then guess what? That means you would have to be authentic all the time. That means after they accepted Jesus, y'all remember when you first accepted Jesus? You were on fire, right? You wanted to tell everyone about him? Because ain't nobody. I, I need to tell everybody about my Jesus. And, and you told everybody, and then it kind of goes away after a time. You kind of, okay, well, my family don't talk to me anymore because they think I'm a Jesus freak, and, and my coworkers stay away from me, and I'm just not going to talk about Jesus anymore. And eternity weighs in the balance. Eternity weighs in the balance of us being authentic or not authentic. We can either be who God called us to be, be his sons and daughters, tell people about being reconciled to God, or we can continue pleasing the world and other people in our lives. So who are you pleasing? And and then ask yourself that question. Is your life, do you have real life faith? Are you actually an authentic Christian or are you just playing Christian for an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. Take off the mask. Be who you really are. Take off the filters of Instagram in your life and live who God called you to be. Actually be real with people. Some people may be shocked. That's okay. Be who God called you to be. He reconciled you to Him. We should want to see every one of our family members, everyone in our house, every one of our co-workers, whoever we come in contact with, we should be the same way. As we are ambassadors to Christ, actually talk to them about being reconciled to God. Don't be like Peter. Peter walked away, and it actually influenced other Jews, Jewish believers, to pull away also. And unfortunately, we've seen that inside of churches. We've seen it inside where we'll pull away from others because maybe they think a little different than us. Maybe they act a little different than us. We won't even cross denominational lines because they they do some weird things over there. I don't know about all that stuff. Catholicism on this side. Then we got a we got a non-denominational church inside a Lutheran church over on this side, which I don't understand, you know, because we're Baptists. And we're going to go to Baptist heaven. And we're not going to worry about Catholic heaven or Lutheran heaven, or especially them non-denominational or, or those Pentecostal people. There's one heaven. We're all going to be there together. We're all going to be there together. We might, guess what? If we're going to be the body of Christ, be the body of Christ here on earth. The best thing Satan has done is created denominations so that we would fight against each other in the body of Christ. And we will fight against each other in the body of Christ in our own families, in our, with our co-workers, and worse, inside the church. See, now maybe Peter was saying, hey, I'm just going to please them for a little bit. You know, they're only 
they're only here, you know, two Sundays a year. Uh, I'll please them for them two Sundays, and then after they're gone, I'll, I'll get back to eat my barbecued pork. I'll eat my, my pulled pork and, and my baby back ribs and, and all this other stuff, but I'll just deal with them for a little bit. Don't just deal with people to please them. Please God. Christians are called to please God, not please people. Don't get so feared. Don't get so worried about, oh, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? How are they going to act? Oh, my God, they're not going to be my friend anymore. Let me tell you, if your friend don't know that you know Jesus, they're really not your friend. Because if you haven't told them about Jesus, how much do you really care about them? Because if you say, oh, this is my best friend, your best friend should know that you're a Jesus follower. Your best friend should have been talked to about Jesus. Not just, I know they don't want to hear about it, so I'm just going to do what they want to do today. I'm just going to be happy and free and make everybody happy. Mm -mm. Be who God called you to be. Real life faith seeks to honor people in a way that honors God rather than satisfying the desires of others. Stop trying to satisfy the desires of others. Unless it's your spouse, man. Don't, don't be saying, Pastor said, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to satisfy you. That is not what I said. <laughs> you better love your wife the way God loves the church. You're going to have to answer to it. Don't just try and be a people pleaser. People are messed up. But yet we'll try and please them. Please the only one that matters. Please God. And you can please people while still honoring God by doing what he's called you to do. Be the person God called you to do, called you to be, and ask people, tell people about being reconciled to God. Being reconciled to him because that's how much he loves you. The reality is some people may think, well, this person's so messed up. They even say they can't come to church because they'll, they'll catch on fire. We got fire extinguishers. Come, come on. Some people sit here and say, well, pastor, that's real good. And I, I come to church, but, you know, I, I'm like Peter. I, I've got my, my, my friends that don't know Jesus, and I really like hanging with them. I like partying with them. We, we have a good time because, you know, sin's fun. Sin is fun for a little while until it gets a hold of you. And then you realize that you're spiraling, spiraling down out of control. Be authentic with your Christianity. You're never going to be perfect. God's Word says that we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. So you're never going to be perfect. You're still going to be a sinner. The only difference is you can be saved by grace and you can ask for forgiveness. But then when you ask for that forgiveness, there's repentance that's required. And I think a lot of times we forget about the repentance part. I might have to preach on repentance one week. Because I think it's something that we really forget about. But it requires that repentance, that walking away from that sin, that going in another direction. 
And that going in another direction is to be closer to Jesus. And, and we know that God loved us so much that yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ went to the cross while you were a sinner to die for you. That's how much he loved you. That's how much he wanted you to be reconciled to God. How much more do you want your friend, family, or neighbors, or co-workers to be reconciled to God? Please God instead of them. If you've never accepted Jesus, it's, it's no ritual, it's nothing crazy, it's nice and simple. God's Word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And see, that's where it begins. Confession, acceptance, let's move forward. Now, nowhere in the Bible does it say when you accept Jesus, it's going to be an easy life. There's nothing easy about being a Christian. You look at today, the Apostle Peter spent three years with Jesus, saw everything that was going on, and he still chose what was wrong, pleasing people over pleasing God. So we're all going to mess up. But I want to encourage you, it starts with that relationship. Be reconciled to God through the acceptance of Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you're like, man, Pastor, I need some prayer because my co-workers are going to think I lost it. If you need prayer during, at the end of our final song, we're going to have some prayer partners up here. And if you need prayer, come up here and, you know, hey, I need to be an authentic Christian. We'll pray for you to be authentic. Now, I need that real-life faith. We'll pray for you to have that real-life faith. We'll pray that the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of you and has you be who God wants you to be wherever you go. But it's going to take work. It's going to take not just falling for the status quo. It's going to take you having to take those steps and being obedient to what God calls you to be every minute of every day. And there's nothing easy about it. But that's who we're called to be. Be an ambassador for Jesus. In other words, you should be promoting who Jesus is. Become a hope dealer. There's enough drug dealers out there. It's time for us to deal hope. Because there is hope in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything you continue to do in our lives. And, and Lord, I'm just so amazed every time I read scripture and, and I come across these stories of, of these patriarchs and, and these people who walked with you, Lord, and I see that they messed up. I see that their lives were messed up. They, they, they weren't always doing what you called them to do. And, and yet, Lord, you still love them and you use them. Well, Lord, I find them just like them. And, Lord, I think we find the same thing that we're just like them. Lord, that, that we're kind of, we're trying to do what you call us to do. We're, we're spending time in your word and, and we're digging deeper. And, Lord, we still get caught up in the world. Lord, we get caught up trying to please the people around us. But yet we'll please you with a 15-minute devotion in the morning. Or maybe an hour in 
maybe an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. Lord, may we seek to please you every hour of every day. Lord, if there's someone here who's struggling with that today, Lord, I ask that you make the move. That you would get them to come up and, and, and take time with one of these prayer partners that we can pray pray with them and for them, Lord. Lord, if there's anyone here in this room that does not know you, my prayer is that they make that move. That they come and they accept you as, as their personal Lord and Savior. Let you Lord over their life. And Lord, that they will change who they are to be more like you. Lord, may we seek to please you in all that we do. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Continue to worship. What a good word. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to Go ahead, go to our website and and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. You can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.